Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Excuse me while I take a puff of this delicious tobacco. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Ooh, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine. And on this week's episode, we will have a uh, an extended mailbag in uh, pipe parts. I got two really good questions that I want to discuss in there. And then my guest is uh, from the Country Squire, John David Cole, and as promised, these are the you know we're we're gonna have them on every couple of months to get caught up on uh, on the uh, on the stories from the Country Squire, or uh, you know just see what's going on in his world. And then uh, music mailbag and rant, all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Uh, just booked my uh, room and uh, got the table arranged for the NASPC show Columbus, Ohio, coming up in August. Uh, it's one of those shows that I always look forward to. It's uh, August 18th, 19th, Columbus, Ohio. If you haven't booked your room yet, do hop online and do that right away. Uh, again, just one of those shows that I've always looked forward to. It's always a great gathering, nice space and uh looking forward to it looking forward to seeing a lot of you there so uh yeah we'll have a little table and uh it'll be a lot of fun (laughs) i mean it'll be a lot of fun so all right and uh summertime is here so i've been able to crack open my uh virginias for the year and and oddly enough the past like three days i've had four maybe five bowls of tobacco including my regular including my regular, uh, that just haven't smoked right. Uh, I've either mispacked them or something. In fact, this morning, as uh, before recording, I was working through a bowl, and you know what? It's just it, it just wasn't working. So it's like, you know, hey, listen, listen I've been at this for 25-plus years, and every once in a while I get on a streak of uh, not-so-well-packed uh, bowls. But anyway, all right, there you go. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. Thoid Flora Men's Clothing. Suits, shoes, ties, trousers, cufflinks, going up. I beg your pardon, but on what floor might I find the luxury tobaccos, pipes, and accessories? Well, I'll tell you, pal, if it's those things you're looking for, you need to visit tinbids.com. Ah, yes, of course. You mean the Pipe Collector's Auction site, right? That's right, Mac. You can buy and sell pipes, accessories, and vintage and hard-to-find luxury tobaccos. You know, just like you were saying. So I can sell my pipes and tobaccos, too? Why, that's just fine. Yeah, you bet your life, buddy. So, what'll it be? Can you take me to the floor where the computers are, then? What's a computer? Visit TinBids.com, the Pipe Collector's Auction Site, and sign up today. A Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe is the perfect pal. Going fishing, take your corncob pipe and see you back at dark 30. Hunting, your corncob pipe squares, it won't make a pop. Relaxing and reflecting, you add your corncob pipe at relax. 
Party time. Your corncob pipe doesn't produce a cool smoke for no reason. Let's just say your Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe gets you. Visit www.corncobpipe.com to get yours today. Missouri Meerschaum Company. Authentically original, authentically you. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right, two big questions for uh, pipe parts. Uh, the first one is, uh, and it says, hey, Brian, Jennings here. Uh, I have a, I had a question regarding age after something Russ Hicks said on your show. He was talking about Virginia blends and how blends like Astley's and other topped blends don't age as well due to a due to due to being a flavored tobacco. Uh, this got me thinking about some older blends I have. I wonder, are some of these blends too far into age? 90s McClellan, early 2000s McCraney's, etc. After 15 plus years, do these blends lose what once made them special? And what about these topped blends I haven't cracked? Five plus year old Wessex Flake, Astley's, Valen, etc. Will these flakes have lost the topping casing that made them special? If so, are there any precautions I can take when putting new tins in my cellar for the future? I'd hate to run out of these blends and not be able to buy more uh, if they were to go away, but I'd also hate to make an investment and crack the tin in five years to find that the flake tasted uh, flake and boring. <laughs> um, for reference, almost all of my blends are Virginia-based, some with Oriental and some with Perique. I don't put away as many burly blends. Thanks for all you do for the Pipes Mag, uh, for all you do and that Pipes Magazine do. Hope to meet you at a show in the future. All right, well, Jennings, you're asking a million-dollar question. Uh, first, let, let's go back. Um, regarding age, I have always said, and I'm a firm believer that my experience tells me, everything ages on a bell curve. Bell curve means it gets better, better, better going up, and then somewhere it hits a peak and then comes back down, 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 down. Um, where that is is personal. It's preference to you. And the example that I give is uh, several years back I did a tasting of uh, three different eras of Escudo, all manufactured in the same place. And what I found out was that the mid-range kind of that three to five years was kind of was really where i liked it after that it started to go too mild for me for me for me so that's the key part so figuring that out is important you know figuring out where it is that it works for you uh if you're dealing with straight virginias or straight or you know basic english oriental blends I know a lot of people that profess that the longer they go, the better they get. And I know a handful of people, including a uh, certain Trent McCraney, who didn't, who doesn't like McCraney's red ribbon after it's aged too long. It loses something for him. So again, it's finding where it works for you. Now, when it comes to topped blends, this is from my experience. Uh, I was a fan of the Dunhill three-year matured when it was made by Murray's. And after a couple of years of aging it, that topping went sour. 
so it or it became sour to me so it just depends on how it works for you is that topping going to go the wrong direction for you or is it going to go the right direction for you um, I would say an overall experience, if there is something with a heavy topping on it, it's got two to three years. And then after that, you're done. You got you to gotta move it on. Um, something like Orlick Golden Slice, which has a little bit of a topping. Well, I know people that love it absolutely aged as long as possible. And it's absolutely wonderful aged as long as possible. So it just depends on what's up to you and figuring out what works for you. All right. And I can't answer that. You can go off of what I might say. Uh, but I'd say if you've got 90s McClellan and 2000s McCraney's, you're still in good shape. All right. Hope that answers your question. It's a lot of opinion and it's just a lot of experience. Uh, and then Bryant writes, uh, hi, Brian. I'm coming at you with something different from my normal emails. I know how you say you're envious of smokers who like all different types of blends, but I find I wish I could enjoy your beloved Virginias and Vapors more. I seem to smoke like a freight train and always hover on the edge of a too hot bowl. As a result, I favor large bowls around 0.9 inches in diameter and up in which I smoke strong burly blends that can stand up to my rough style of smoking. I normally smoke in my rig while driving, which seems to make me smoke harder. The only time I can really enjoy a blend like my straight Virginias or especially a nuanced Virginia Perique is when I'm completely relaxed in my backyard. I can only look on and envy at the small Sato pipes and others from well-known artists and makers that others seem to enjoy. Even Rich Esserman of all people started with small pipes on his lunch break. Any suggestions that may help me control my cadence would be greatly appreciated. Best regards, Bryant. All right, so smoking and driving, uh, you, you can't hold the pipe in your mouth the whole time. You got to puff, tamp. You got to pick it up, tamp it, light it, puff for a few minutes, and then set it back down. That's how I handle Virginias and Virginia Periques. I don't keep them in my mouth all the time. Even when I'm sitting at home and we're watching a movie or something on TV, I pick up the pipe, I puff on it for a few minutes, and then I set it down and go back to the, you know, and, and just let it rest. Um, it's not a race, all right? Now, if, you're, if it's not conducive to setting a pipe down while you're in the, uh, while you're in the truck rolling down the highway, you know, then you've got to find the blends that work best for that situation. Uh, you've got to find the pipes that work best for that situation. I don't take my little tiny pipes in the car with me because they're just too small. They get too hot too quick and they go out too fast. Um, I also don't take too big a pipes in the car with me because I need to ash them more often. And that's not real conducive when you're in the car sometimes. So figuring out what works for you in that situation I would say if you wanted to switch into Virginia's and Virginia Periques while you're driving, make sure you got a place where you can set the pipe down. So puff on it for a few minutes again and then pick it up and then smoke it, you know, let it sit, go through that whole routine. Uh, you will find that like when I'm driving, I can get my standard medium sized bowl. You know, I can get two hours out of it because I'm setting it down, picking it up, setting it down, letting it rest, picking it up, puffing on it and going back and forth. Um, if that doesn't work, 
then uh, you know, enjoy your burlies. Don't don't fight it. <laughs> you know, give in to it. So there you go. Hope that answered that. And in just a moment, my uh, discussion with uh, John David Cole of the Country Squire. This is Internet Radio. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D, as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell & Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining us for a brand new segment, a regular recurring guest now that he's freed up with all of his extra time because he killed off his own podcast, stomped on its <laughs> neck, buried it in a an, an abandoned Chinese restaurant from uh, the Country Squire from Jackson, Mississippi, master of pipes, John David Cole. It is good to see you and have you on the show. Brian, thank you so much, man. I am just honored to be here. This is uh, this is fun, man. Yeah, we we killed off our show, and um, and now I'm here to kill off yours. <laughs> All right, uh, you know, but you know, since I since coming to Jackson, which um is a great place to drive through and stop at the Country Squire and then keep going, that's, unless you that's get a exactly chance, right, unless you yeah. get a chance, I will say the people at PJ's Coffee were very kind to me and allowed me to smoke my pipe out on their covered patio and didn't that's give great. me any problems. I was like happier than a pig and slop. Um, but Jackson, <laughs> Mississippi was mentioned in Bruno Mars, 24 karat gold song. And I'm trying to remember the name of the other song that also mentions Jackson, Mississippi in it. I can't remember it now. There's a, there's a kid rock song and, and, and kid rock says Jackson, Mississippi, a river running through my, my veins. And I'm thinking the whole time, like, the river that runs through Jackson is like a ditch. <laughs> and, 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 the, and the reason the river runs through the city is because it doesn't want to get mugged on the way. So. <laughs> exactly. Um, Man, I know. I'm pr proud of my city, but, um, yeah. but you know, it, it's a, it's a work in progress. So. <laughs> All right. So let so this is, this is kind of an homage. Uh, you know, I, I, my idea for this is you come back every couple of months and we just get the yeah. news from the country squire in homage to Garrison Keeler's news from Lake Wobegon. Lake Wobegon. Yeah. yeah, that's right. All right. So real quickly, obviously you killed off your podcast at 500 weeks cause you got tired of Bo. Bo, we miss you and love you. Um, <laughs> I think Bo got tired of me more than anything, but um, no, man, I miss miss Bo. I miss miss the show, miss the podcast. But um, you know, it it's um, I, you didn't even ask me anything, but I'm going to go ahead and say this: it's <laughs> nice to be on this side of it, Brian. Like it's really nice to be on this side of it. It's it's uh, you know, watching you squirm while you have to like. Uh, you know, produce content and like, you know, organize guests and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like I, I just, man, I get back to sit back and um, man, 
smoke pipes and, and blend tobaccos and, uh, you know, order new interesting inventory for my retail business. And, um, man, it's, it's just great to be on this side. Of it. I, I want you to know that. I want you to really know that and just, and just really, really, really absorb that. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it must be nice to just show up and push record and go, okay, what do I say now? I, I, know. Don't, I don't know what's that. I don't know what that's like. Um, but, uh, but anyway, I just want just, you know, a couple thoughts on the, uh, you know, now that the now that the event is uh, at this point three months almost in our rearview mirror, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, just a great event overall. And any final thoughts on it? Final takeaways? Uh, did the building? Did the store survive? <laughs> it, it did, man. It sure did. It, I I tell you, Brian, it was a really you were there, so you understood the flavor of it and everything. It was it's probably the sweetest, most um, satisfying event i've ever yeah you got you you showing me is uh i I was there i was there button that's right um yeah it was probably the sweetest most like professionally satisfying uh i don't know rewarding uh thing that that i've ever done you know having having all those friends come celebrate with us you know make make real sacrifices to get to to our city you know which is not like a you know, it, it's Jackson's one of those places you got to be heading towards, you know, it's not really uh, close to anything. And so for folks to really um, do that, it, it really, and, and, you know, and you were there. I mean, we, there were scads of people there and, yeah. and it was, and it was, the energy was high. It was fun. We were all just, you know, telling stories and um, man, smoking and swapping good tobaccos and, you know, good music, good food. It was um it was it was really precious, man. I felt really honored, and um, yeah, it was, it was. It's one of those things, like right up there. I mean, to be honest with you, right up there with like my wedding and you know the baptism of my kids. Like, <laughs> I just it, it's a it, it's a it's it's something that's burned in my mind experiencing that, you know. And I, um, you know, for folks that that have um, you know productions and that put their that much uh, time and energy into something that, you know, eventually will come to an end. I just, I, I hope, and I, I just really hope that, that other people can at some point experience something like that. It was, um, it was really special. man. It really was. So yeah. to me, it, I mean, it really looked like planning a planning a wedding and pulling it off flawlessly without any of the cousins getting into a fight, uh, you know, or the cake <laughs> falling over, or, you know, somebody not showing up or somebody getting too tipsy and knocking over the buffet or something. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. The destroying the ice sculpture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think those, those of us that were lucky enough to be there, you know, it, it's going to leave a, it's going to leave a lasting memory. Uh, any ideas of doing another annual pilgrimage and, or are you going to go out on top with that one too? <laughs> You know, I, I, I in no way, shape or form thought about this becoming like a recurring thing. Like I, that, that didn't remotely cross my mind. Um, but we had so many people. Um, and, and the first one that even brought it up was Ed Graves, dark fired leather, you know, and Ed was like, so, okay. So this, he, he cornered me. He's like, this, this is awesome. When are we doing this again? And I just kind of looked at him with this dumb blank stare, you know, especially after having had a couple of gin and tonics. <laughs> and I was like, you know, uh, I, I, I don't think this is going to be a thing. And he was like, but, but that's dumb. This needs, look at this. This needs to be a thing. And, um, and, you know, so we'll see. I, I don't know. The, the, the deep south, uh, 
uh, has one great pipe event every year. And of course, it's at you know Columbia at the Briarworks factory and and the Mule Town Pipe Show and everything that they do. And so, uh, you know, there may be room down the road for us to to do something similar to that, or you know, some kind of uh, put our little flavor on a pipe uh, pipe event. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, but. Uh, of course, you know, you got the Texas Pipe Show now. That's not really deep south. That's its own country. But, you know, in our part of the country, you don't have as, as much of those kind of events. And so um, you, you never know. We may, we, we may try to do something like that um, down the road. But it was never intended to be like the start of something. But, yeah. but it kind of left that feel. A lot of folks were like, man, we're, we're going to come back and do this again. And I was <laughs> like... We we may really? or, we may organize it ourselves and y'all get ready because here we come. <laughs> it's pretty cool, man. Pretty John, cool. John yeah. David goes to goes to open up on a Saturday morning and all of a sudden there's a hundred of us standing outside and he's like, uh, uh <laughs> what are all these Yankees doing here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now we get into the you know, the real south versus the deep south versus the other south and what's real south and you know, anything. Oh, exactly. This yeah. are you in the sweet tea belt or are you in the you know the 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 tea with Splenda belt, or you know, I mean, where where do you where do you come in on this thing? <laughs> anything north of you is Yankee land. Anything south of you is Florida. It's Florida, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Before we go to the break, uh, I also wanted to get your take on uh, the just. This was your first time going to the Chicago Pipe Show as an exhibitor, correct? With a table. Yeah, that's right. So, and I want let's make a a little bit of a caveat on that, like, or a, a qualifier. Um, the first time we ever went, uh, we did have a booth there where we did recording, yeah. but as far as, um, and that was, gosh, that was years ago, but, but as far as going and having like an actual booth for the country squire where we sat there and, you know, sold tobaccos and pipes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's the first time we've ever done that at the show. It's normally, you know, I, I tried to the years I was, I was going, um, before this year really just used it as a vacation would go and hang out with friends. And I, you know, I'd buy some merchandise, buy some pipes for the, for the store. I'd bring them back and, you know, and, and have some inventory with me. But, um, but most of it, yeah, I was just hanging out with friends and, um, man, smoking a lot of tobacco and, you know, going out at night and being silly and, um, you know, <laughs> and, and not, not having to worry about what time you got up in the morning. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. true because, you know, with the booth, you have to, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was great. This was the first go around and we had a, we had a lot of fun. All right. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll, uh, I'm going to pluck John David's mind for all of his little favorite, uh, experiences at the Chicago pipe show. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years, and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mielefolge, 100,000 welcomes. 
wherever you come from, whosoever you be. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and I keep wanting to say Country Squire radio, but that's not me. Uh, we are back with uh, John David Cole, uh, tobacconist proprietor of the Country Squire online, the Country Squire tobacconist, which uh, the podcast has ended, but the store is still up and running and, and feeding your kids, right? That is exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So please, uh, you know, we, we have diapers to buy and uh, you know, d uniforms for their upcoming, uh, you know, kindergarten and all those things that happen <laughs> for little kids. So please, uh, purchase some, uh, purchase some angry Cornishmen, purchase some shepherd's pie, purchase, uh, you know, some Merryweather. We would, uh, <laughs> we, we desperately need some, <laughs> need some, uh, some diaper money. Yep. Uh, get yourself, uh, some fine then if I could find That's right. mine, I'd show That's it right. to you, but I still have some, I'm aging it. <laughs> You know, I think it's actually going to age really well, uh, Brian. You know, you mentioned fine. Then that's the we we always had this gag on our show about um, you know raisin flavored tobacco because, well, anyways, you know, it, it's if you know it, you know it. But anyway, for the event, I made this raisin flavored tobacco, and I called it fine then as kind of a spiteful way to say here, here's your raisin flavored tobacco, and um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I think the aging potential on it will be. Um, you know, really good. The the problem is, is that it's got it's got um, doggone perique in it, and you know, <laughs> it's just so. And I and I love perique. I mean, I intentionally put it in there because it has so much of that characteristic to it. Um, but you know, it's just hard to get right now. It's hard for for a small blender to get perique, and um, you know, you can only twist so many arms before people are like, I mean, we love you, John David, but you know, you could, come on, come on, <laughs> you're gonna have to wait in line. <laughs> we love you, but we got to stay in business too. Um, exactly. <laughs> all right. So what did so you you guys were at the uh, Chicago Pipe Show selling tobaccos and selling pipes and stuff. We were not that I want to pry into your business, but I'm assuming, did you have a good reception from it? Did you run out of stuff? Did you finally, did, here's the real question. Um, did you actually figure out what you should bring versus what you shouldn't? And did you sell out of something that completely surprised you? Yeah. I, you know, I think all those things are the answers, you know, affirmative. Like we, it, it really helped us kind of sharpen our pencil on the way to handle a big trade show like there, a big consumer show like right. that. Like, you know, we, we brought a little bit of everything, not really knowing what folks were going to take to. And so, oh, let's bring a couple of Virginias, a couple of English blends, some aromatics, and just kind of see what people take to. And we'll bring some estate pipes, some new inventory, a few accessories, this and that. And just, it just really a blank slate. And, and it was, it was awesome because, um, we were quickly kind of um, just just surprised, you know, by by how people interacted with it. Number one, I got to give big props to uh, Quinn Crawford, who works for me uh, at the Squire. Um, he's Mac <laughs> at Magnolia Piper on Instagram. <laughs> who actually did all the work at the table. But most of the work, yeah, yeah. Mo most of the work. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Quinn designed this really thoughtful booth and. and and he, we've got some photos of it on our on our deal, but like you know, he he worked really really hard to design this booth. Uh, he did it first at Mule Town, and then had it first at uh, you know at Chicago. And um, we had several people come by, and they were like, you know, if there was like a best booth like 
contest, like a like a you know, hey, you you get the best booth award like you would have won that <laughs> that made me really happy and i was like that might be the only thing we would win but we would win that so i thought that was kind of cool it was neat you know just a lot of fun um seeing him you know geek out about the design of that and it was really impressive but um yeah you know folks were bringing uh folks bought a lot more aromatic tobacco than we thought they mm-hmm. would um which i thought was interesting um you know uh the uh newer pipes that we brought um, those were actually the ones that sold quicker over some of the estate pipes that we brought. I thought that's interesting because, huh. you know, you can go buy new pipes anywhere. You know, right. you can buy, I mean, think of how many retailers are there, there are that are selling new pipes. But, um, you know, those teams seem to sell well. Um, yeah, and folks, uh, you know, wanted, uh, you know, promotional stuff. And I, I tell you what was really encouraging and, you know, to kind of show my, tell my cards to the pipe smoking world here. But, What's really encouraging is the amount of pipe smokers there that had never heard of the country squire. Yeah. And that was encouraging. That was actually encouraging. Like some people I'm sure would be like, man, that's gotta be kind of depressing, but like, no, that's, that's exciting. Like that, man, I'm, that means like we're at the right place, like getting to know these people, you know? And so it was really, really cool to see that and to uh, connect with folks and and make some new friends. Um, It was really, really great. Yeah, had a good time. You, you know, you you brought up that uh, Peter Stokeby, God rest his soul. Uh, he told me at a pipe show. He said, "Look, you can, you know, it's great to see your friends year after year. You get to know them. You get to hang out with them at dinner and stuff like that." Yeah. But really, the important people at a trade show or at a pipe show event are the people you've never met before. Yes. Yes. Cause exactly. Because you, now you've now you've created a new relationship you know, a new customer, possibly it's all new. And that was the the thing that excited me most about Chicago was I I must've talked to over about 25 people that said this was their first pipe show ever. And great. And I was like that, that's better than, you know, great. Love seeing the same old people and hanging out with my buddies and doing stuff like that. But you know, I want to see new people. And, you know, I, of course, us in the pipe industry, we're always like looking in the rear view mirror, right? That's the mm-hmm. constant thing that you and I have to fight against kind of as we're cheerleading for the industry, you know, like, oh, we, you know, we're constantly butting heads with, well, it's not as good as it was 20 years ago or 30 years ago, or the tobacco's not like it when yeah. Murray's made it or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But like, uh, okay, fine. Like, you know, have that. But but what's so cool is to see the new different kind of energy that's coming out of this deal now. Yeah. And so as, as Chicago has pivoted to this new location and the demographics are changing and there's a kind of a new energy, a new guard that's being shepherded in, like, um, you know, all the, all the stuff with, um, you know, that uh, Jeff Grasick uh, did with, uh, you know, the Battle of Briar and uh, the guys with, um, you know, Get Piped, Adam and Nick, um, you know, all the energy that they put kind of into that, like the, yeah. you just get the sense that, okay, you can say like maybe the crowds aren't as big as they used to be or whatever, but like they're, the energy is interesting. It's really, we, I feel like it's bubbling up. We're kind of on the cusp of something really fun. You um, know, you know, it's perfect that you mentioned that because a couple of weeks back, you guys re-released like episode 40 remastered of CSR. Yeah, the show. Because you're yeah. doing one of you're doing one new one remastered show a month for you know until Bo gets tired of it, exactly. Because uh, Lord, <laughs> Lord knows you don't do anything with that, uh, no. nor do you have any control over it. Uh, 
but Not at you, all. <laughs> but you also mentioned on there that you have a you know the that you have your pipe smoker that comes in every two weeks, gets a pound of their favorite country squire house blend, and then has one or two pipes and disappears. But really, what we're getting into now is the pipe smoker that the that smoking the pipe is an event, and they're way more knowledgeable about tobaccos than they ever were, and they may only do it three times a week, but when they do it, it's it, it's, it's a, meaningful. Yeah, it's an event. It's not yeah. just, yeah, I got my pipe jammed in my mouth and I just keep shoving more tobacco on top of it. You know? And, you know, we still uh, just put my retailer hat on. We mm -hmm. still have those customers that come in and they get their pound a week or pound every week and a half. And, and look, look, I mean, hey, I'm a retailer. Thank the Lord for those people. Yeah. <laughs> they've, paid a, they've paid a lot of my bills. But, you know, the the it's it's pivoting towards the folks that they – you know, when they sit down for this ritual, like you call it, the special event, I mean, they're, they're looking for something really, really interesting and special, you know, to do. And so they're, they're concerned about, um, you know, who made this tobacco and who made this pipe and uh, what am I pairing with it? And it, it's, it's not yeah. about volume anymore at all. It's all about quality. And that's, yeah. it's fun to see that. It's, it's just, it's, it's just different. Yeah. You know? So what did you pick up for the store? Or for what what'd you buy business wise at the Chicago yeah. Pipe Show? What'd you get a chance to to see, you know, that said, Okay, yeah. I can sell this? Yeah, it was cool. So you got me uh, of course I'd met Jimmy Craig before with Ashton Pipes, mm -hmm. uh, but you kinda made a, a special effort to get us connected and I finally I was like, Look, we we have never carried Ashton Pipes at the Squire. Um, that's just something that we should have done years and years ago. I mean, we've got all these other, you know, uh, blue ribbon top shelf brands and what a, you know, historic, uh, you know, interesting, uh, line like Ashton. And so, um, yeah, I connected with him and picked up a great variety of those. That was a lot of fun, uh, to do and learned, you know, anytime we pick up new products like that, I like to sit down and fortunately I got to sit down with the maker and, you know, the person that has all the knowledge, but, you know, sit down and try to learn more about kind of the, the brand and does it fit our brand and how does it, um, you know, what, what's the story there? We're suckers for that. So, um, it was good to get to do that with Jimmy, but, um, yeah, also came back with a whole bunch of artisan pipes. So, uh, stuff from Brandon Brooks and, um, Dirk Heineman, um, oh gosh, who about Nate King? I mean, we had, we had several that, uh, that came through, um, Ian Fisher from, uh, up in the Northeast. Uh, that was, I got, that was I got, neat. I got to correct you real quick. It's Nate, the King of pipes. Nate, the, the King. That's yes. right. Yeah. Um, as the, the, the right reverend himself. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it, it was great, man. We just had, we had so much fun. Um, yeah, really, you know, you just want to bring everything back. And at the same time, you're like, well, I gotta, I, you know, I gotta pay bills. Yeah. <laughs> you know how these pipe shows are. Yeah. It's yeah. just money becomes so relevant, like it almost, it's just ridiculous. People make these decisions at these pipe shows, like, well, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna spend $700 on that. It's yeah. like, you know, it's almost like you're in a family fantasy world like <laughs> oh it, it, it's crazy yeah it's like they're all amped up at uh you know they're all amped up and crazy and that's why they spend six dollars for a churro at walt disney world <laughs> exactly. six bucks for a straight people, donut um people are on this high and they're like man i yeah, I'm, of, yeah of course i'm gonna buy that s bang over there like you know i i don't need you know to pay my 
you know, mortgage insurance or whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> but that that's also the benefit for you as a retailer going to one of these events is now you get to see the pipes and pick out the ones that you're going to stock and you can touch them and feel them. And you might have customers in mind all the way back yeah. home at Jack and Jackson for them that you can say, ah, oh, you know, this looks like something that that guy might like. And, and then you can touch and feel them and, and again, talk yeah. to the makers and, and learn more. And let, let me just say that for, that's a great point. And let me say that for any other retailer that's listening. And I, and I know there are some, you know, pipe, pipe retailers that, that do listen to your show. Um, like, pl- please come to Las Vegas. Please come to Chicago. Like, come, come to these shows because you get to, you get to connect with, with the, the people that make this stuff in a, in a really interesting, unique way. And then also you're hand selecting the inventory to bring home to your shop. And like, man, when you're talking about a $600 pipe or something really, really special and you get to put your hands on it and, and make sure that it's up to your standards and your quality and what you want to put, like you said, you might've even picked out the person that you're going to try to, you know, market this to kind of ahead yeah. of time. Like if you're involved in the, in the retail pipe world in any way, shape or form, please go to these shows. And of course, you know, I, you know, Chicago is, is the big daddy and uh, man, all the work that you and Dave are doing with Las Vegas. I mean, th- these are the places that you need to go to, to really make the industry come alive. And um, it's, it's fun, man. Yeah. Gosh, it's fun. <laughs> I come back so energized from shows. Uh, I do too. I, I come back tired and energized. It's a strange feeling. But so, and the other thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, you said you, you moved through more aromatic tobaccos than you thought you would. Do you think, yeah, it, do you think it was because people that had never been to Jackson finally got a chance to smell the aromatics and realize that, you know, maybe this isn't just, you know, cherry blend or it's not, you know, that these are real blended tobaccos with a f- topping of some sort and tobacco. Like it, this is not just like a, you know, um, renamed like RLP six or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not one Q yep. in another bag. Yay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That kind of thing. I, you know, I think there is that hesitancy for the, you know, more sophisticated pipe smoker to, to pull for an aromatic because they're like, ah, it's just the same old warmed over, you know, stuff. But, um, I, so I, I do think that's part of it. Like you had people that could kind of get their hands on it and sample it and, um, you know, and, and, and just see what it was about. But, but also I, I do think too, Brian, that, that there were more of your just kind of every man pipe smokers. I mean, these are guys that just, they're just, you know, they might be interested in a pipe and they live in, you know, a relatively close state, Indiana or, you know, Southern Wisconsin or something like, yeah, I'm going to tip down for a day and go see that. And like, yeah. these are people that smoke aromatic tobaccos and that's God bless them. That's great. Yeah. You know? And uh, I, we had a lot of that. I think we really did. And that's the, man, that's the future of our industry. That's, that's yeah. it. You know, it's great. And talking about the future, uh, normally, and, and I'll do my own, I'll do my own version of this too, but, uh, you know, Father's Day is coming up right around the corner here. And it's obviously a, yep. a it, it's a bigger deal for the, uh, for the pipe and tobacco industry than Mother's Day is, uh, <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, yeah. down here in the South, we got all these uh, mothers that, uh, you know, spit chewing tobacco and stuff. But, you know, we uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we 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 tend to focus on Father's Day. Well, they do. They do that. So you won't run up and kiss them randomly. Uh, well, that's true. Yeah. You want to let them get a chance. You to might, get conf- the, might get, confuse them with your cousin. Yeah. Well, I got to get that dip out, you know. 
<laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, what do you uh, What do you guys promoting pushing for Father's Day? How How do you do Father's Day? Do you do anything special? Do you do any little packaging or anything? You know, we don't really do any like special packaging or anything, but but we always try to have a pipe event and a cigar event right around Father's Day. It, you know, the the calendar year for our revenue always is like January sucks and it goes on an incline to June. And it, so like so June is really, really good. And then it drops completely off in <laughs> July. So like we really like and, and June's really good because you got Father's Day and it's like everyone's excited and they're, you know, but then but then July and, you know, we're in the deep south and it's so oppressively hot, you know. And so um, so July, August, first part of September are just terrible. And we, and so it's great that Father's Day is like right before that because we can kind of, you know, pack away a little <laughs> a little savings to get through the, the thin months. But um, anyway, we try to always have a good pipe event and a good cigar event. And uh, this year, um, we actually on the 10th, uh, Chris Feltz with Dunhill Ooh. is going to come and have a white spot trunk show at the Country Squire. So um, really excited about that, man. That's on uh, June 10th uh, at the Squire. Um, he'll have over 200 uh, Dunhill pipes and a bunch of, you know, premium smoking accessories, you know, cigar yeah. cases, lighters. Um, you know, leather pouches for pipes and, and all kinds of nice stuff. So um, really looking forward to that. And uh, of course, Chris is a good guy. If you ever met Chris, he's the, you know, uh, American uh, rep for, for the white spot uh, Dunhill, you know, brand. And he's just a good old country boy, you know, he's yeah. from Nashville and, you know, just got a little twang to him and, you know, likes to drink beer and shoot guns and sell pipes, you know, <laughs> he's a, yeah. It's really, he's, he's a great guy. So. He, he was on the show and I told this story because when I first met him, he was working part-time at Uptowns and was a full-time yeah. Marine living in the area and everybody just called him Fuzzy. This is Fuzzy. Yeah. His name was Fuzzy. <laughs> I didn't know he had, I didn't know his first name until like eight, <laughs> 10 years later when he showed up at an RTDA show and his badge said Chris Feltz, Music City Marketing. And right, I was like, no, that's right. wrong. So I went and had them reprint the badge where it said Fuzzy Feltz on it. And, <laughs> uh, that's for good. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's, Chris is great. And he, he's not, when you think of, okay, who would be the rep for Dunhill? you had this person in your mind, like a monocle wearing top hat, you know, uh, you know, white glove pinstripe suit kind of thing. And then, but then it's just Chris, you know, and he's, he's great, man. He's really down to earth and, and really knowledgeable, super hardworking, Lo love working with him. Um, um so anyway, got that coming up. It'd be a lot of fun. Yep. Will you still get, uh, wives or mother, you know, or, or kids in the area coming in and saying, Hey, you know, my dad can, you know, what is he like? And, uh, you know, I know he comes in here. Uh, yeah. can I pick at, you know, what is he like? We get a lot of that. Yeah. And, and, and it's always like, Hey, what's, what's dad been eyeing? Like, what's he been looking at? Or, you know, is there anything that, uh, you know, he hasn't bought because he you know doesn't want to spend the money on or that kind of thing. And, uh, especially when we have like nice pipes around something like Dunhill or, mm -hmm. uh, Costello, we've got some of those coming in soon. Um, that, that's where folks are like, okay, what's, what's dad not going to treat himself to that, you know, we can get for, yeah. get for the old man for the, for father's day. So, um, yeah, kind of fun. We're looking forward to it. And then of course I would assume gift cards or gift certificates or however you guys do it. Maybe it's just a note in the ledger book. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah, you, you know how it is too. Like, I mean, 
look, we always appreciate when someone else buys us a pipe. Mm -hmm. We always appreciate that, right? I mean, that, what a kind gesture. Hey, you know I love to smoke a pipe. You know this is meaningful to me. But, man, doggone it. Sometimes those pipes that people buy you, it's just not it's it's not your it's not your pipe. It's just, you don't connect yeah. with that pipe, you know. It's I mean, pipes are so intimate. I mean, how it hangs in your mouth, the size of the bowl, and the you know the I don't know the thinness of the button and the stem. It's just all that stuff is so you know important to the, every individual pipe smoker. And it's like, man, just give me a gift card. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or give me a whole big pile of pipe cleaners. I'll be happy as uh, a. We, we've got those guys that like you know begrudgedly smoke that pipe that their wife got them because they feel like they have to, <laughs> but they secretly are like John David. I hate that pipe. <laughs> I, my daughter never listens to the show, but I got a tin of tobacco back there that's a, I, I think it's like Peterson's Highland Whiskey blend or something that she bought for me right. at the Peterson store in Dublin. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. But it was like twice as much as I would have ever paid for it. And I wouldn't have paid for it anyway, but I still have it. So <laughs> yeah. She bought it for you. You're not going to part with it. <laughs> yeah. So John David Cole, the country, the, the website is countrysquireonline.com. You're not out of business. You just killed the podcast only and and uh still you're putting out one new show or one old show a month for us to go back and listen to and hear you guys hee-haw and hackle at each other when you guys were much younger that's right 10 years younger yeah, yeah. that's right that's right yeah so, you know you, you made fun of like uh you said something like i can't remember like the you know you we we went to Mordor and 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 Sauron like we couldn't destroy the ring or something like that yeah, so you, we had to end yeah, the show. Yeah, you, you you went you know, we found two hobbits that couldn't get to get in battle Sauron and defeat him. They quit and well, here I am. <laughs> well, I what I'm here to say is like I here's the hobbit. He's in Mordor right now and and he's about to drop the ring into the the pit of fire. Okay, like here I am, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck trying to kill me off. I'm gonna live forever or until my tobacco runs out. So, yeah, well, it'll be a while, <laughs> but we'll have you back on in a couple months and see what the, we'll see what the news is from the country squire. So, thanks for coming on and doing this. Oh, brother, it's always good to see you, man. Thanks for having me. And I'll, uh, man, if I don't see you before, see you in Vegas. Oh, you'll see me before that. <laughs> you'll see me a couple more times before that, at least on these things, because right now as we're recording, I get to see his bearded hobbit face. So. Oh, the thing of nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> All right, on that note, we'll be back in just a minute. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through SmokingPipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345. This is Internet Radio.
And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And I, it's all, first of all, it's always fun catching up with John David. But uh, as I'm sitting here doing this right now, you, I'm taste testing another, getting a blend review ready for a future episode. And this blend is really smoky, and I can hear my air cleaner through my headphones blowing back there. Um, anyway, hope it's not too disturbing. I don't see it coming through, but anyway. All right. For music, uh, for music this time, and uh, this is uh, Bruno Mars, but and it's not, it's a coincidence. It's purely a coincidence. Uh, but this one comes from Scott Miller, and it says, okay, I'm on a roll. For all the porch smokers and others who can't smoke in the comfort of our own homes among us. Uh, this is a Bruno Mars song, and it's called um, "Smoking Out the Window." It's from the Silk Sonic album. Um, I will say that I have gone to a couple of Bruno Mars concerts. I really enjoyed them. He's got a great band, just a, an incredible group of musicians. But <laughs> anyway, listen to this one. Uh, it's got a few inappropriate words in there, but nothing that's not too irreverent for this show. So here's Bruno Mars. Wait a minute, this love started off so tender, so sweet. But now she got me smoking out the window. Mm. Mm. <sighs> Must have spent 35, 45,000 up in Tiffany's. Oh, no. Got a badass kids running around my whole crib like it's Chuck E. Cheese. Whoa, whoa. Put me in the jam with an X-Men in a UFC. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. I'm in disbelief. This bitch.
there you go. Bruno Mars discussing um, smoking and relationships, and I'll have uh, more on that in the rant coming up in just a little bit. There is a message for you. And remember, if you have a comment or question for the mailbag, it's best to email me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com, or post it on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on PipesMagazine.com. And going back to last week's show, Dino says Jason was a very entertaining guest with a surprising laser focus on his view of pipes and tobaccos. Very refreshing. His questions to you were quite interesting and searching. Your answers, I think, were right on target and really you. Uh, most of your listeners were probably nodding in agreement. And all I can interject is, uh, you know, that's all I can be is me. Um, and then Dino goes on to say, I really like the, uh, I really like percussion groups, and this MSU performance was just wonderful. Thank you, Kyle. As Mark Twain once said, paraphrasing Charles Dudley Warner. Everybody complains about the weather, but nobody does anything about it. Thanks for a fun show, Dino. You're welcome, Dino. And then Casey Ghost says, a good review of Solani Blue Label. I will certainly skip that one as I really don't care for aromatics. Uh, Jason was a very opinionated smoker with a kind of nice idiosyncrasy to it. It was refreshing to have a guy admit that he had a hard limit on the number of pipes he'd permit in his collection and immediately say, unless he found some pipes, just calling to him. A guy after my own heart. Uh, we will all uh, we all have our weak moments, and they frequently happen at pipe shows. About died laughing at his first question to you. You could have answered him with a yes or no and just blown his circuits. Uh, the music reminded me of what happens when we turn things over to woodpeckers. Uh, <laughs> I knew Dan wouldn't like that one. Uh, I never rant against the weather. After 40 years of complaining, I finally accepted that I couldn't do anything about it, so I complain about the weather forecasts instead. Those sanctimonious prudes are at their best when they say it's going to rain tomorrow unless it doesn't. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and uh, Red52 said, really enjoyed this episode. His story sounded familiar. I, too, am a Jason. I also bought my first pipe at the Gatlin Burlier in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, an Italian-made basket pipe, and it was around 2012. I'm also 43 years old. Maybe it's the Jason effect. <laughs> Are there two of you? Are you twins? Twins separated at birth? Uh, and then Rich Ireland says, uh, Brian, I thoroughly enjoyed your interview with Jason Smith. He's got a future in podcasting with his wit and phrasing. I am on his journey. Uh, the percussion piece is amazing. I'm listening now. I'm unwinding after a busy week, not without the sadness of laying my nearly 94-year-old mother to rest in our home state of New Jersey. She had a long and happy life that gives me hope for the same. I look forward to seeing you and many other fellow pipers in Columbus. Also, thanks for putting me in touch with Andre Tessier about good fortune of winning the 50-50 at Chicago. The money will go right back into the pipe economy. Cheers or puffs to you, Rich. You know, I'm uh, that that uh, message like that means a lot to me because you know Rich is able to unwind after what was obviously a uh, a stressful week. Um, and Steve Davenport writes, um, not the artist formerly known as, but the pipe shape. Why back in previous Pipe Magazine radio show episodes you mentioned that the Prince is one of your least favorite shapes? 
It's one of my favorites. I'm curious why it's one of your least favorites. Wish I had thought of this a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, so here's why. For my style of smoking, the one-inch deep tobacco chamber or one-and-a-quarter-inch, you know, something in like pots and princes, uh, the bowl's just too shallow. And once I get the bowl going, it seems like it finishes too quick. So that's why I like that inch-and-a-half. It seems to make the bowl last the right length for me. Uh, nothing wrong with the shapes. Yeah, you, a prince shape, you can get a little narrow. You can get a little thin wall down at the bottom of the bowl. But other than that, nothing wrong with it. Uh, and then Steve Graves writes, uh, Hi, Brian. I came across a post on by Fox News reporting that some fans were offended by Jules' performance of the Star-Spangled Banner at the Indianapolis 500. Uh seems like nowadays it isn't enough to not care for or disagree with something you have to be offended well not being one to take fox's cnn's or msnbc's or the internet's word for anything i listened to hers and quite liked her original and at the same time faithful rendition of our national anthem i mentioned in an earlier email that i liked your musical selections precisely because they were eclectic uh, to expand a bit you bring to my attention musicians and styles that I've never heard of and that I wouldn't choose on my own. As a serious but woefully untalented amateur musician, I've had the fortune of meeting some greats like T-Bone Burnett, B.B. King, Dizzy Gillespie, and many Air Force and Marine Band musicians, some who taught me to play saxophone. In a call-in to Dizzy Gillespie at a Howard University radio show, Dizzy said, Yeah, Steve, I remember you folks. He's the worst white jazz saxophonist I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, he did that. He, uh, he did add that he was just kidding, but whether he was or not, it didn't matter. I was proud Dizzy recognized my name in public. Uh, to get to my point, all these fabulously accomplished musicians had one thing in common besides immense talent. All of them, with no exceptions, loved and respected good music from all genres, classical to country to blues to rock, etc. They didn't turn their noses down at anything just because of the style. I thought rap was maybe the exception until my son and his friends uh, got to play for me their best examples and some of their favorite performances. After listening to Snoop, I had to admit he was an artist. Uh, thanks for the music and all the great guests. By the way, J.T. Cook sounds just like Hal Holbrook. <laughs> and he gave a link to it. And Yeah, you know. Listen, at the end of the day, uh, the reason why there's so many different pipe shapes and so many different tobaccos is because there's so many different people and uh, different takes and different likes and different styles. And we embrace them all. It sounds like there could be a future rant in that. All right, again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, give us a like, a rating, and review on Apple Podcasts. That would be greatly appreciated. If you can like or review the show anywhere else, do that too. And uh, keep sharing out the Pipes Magazine radio show wherever you uh, have uh, pipe-smoking friends or people that you just want to torture with the show. All right, rant time coming up next. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. 
From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series, Savinelli produces high-quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. What do you say to family, friends, co-workers, whatever, doctors, when you tell them you smoke a pipe and they come back with, ooh, you smoke tobacco, you're going to die. Well, no, you're not going to die directly from it. Uh, but here's what you say, all right? First of all, it, it, with with family, it's a discussion. You have to have a discussion with them. You, and if you're having this discussion with them, you just can't come out and say, you know, listen, if I, if I told my wife flat out this is the way it is, and she'd come back and tell me, no, it's not. <laughs> and then I'd lose that battle. So it's a discussion, and you have to have this discussion over time. All right? It's a discussion between you and your spouse or you and your family. Uh, first of all, what you need to explain to them is that uh, pipe smokers do not inhale predominantly. So you're not running the risk of doing all that uh, cigarette stuff. So you, there's no inhalation. Uh, second of all, uh, most of us don't smoke a pipe all day long anymore anyway. So if you're smoking a couple of bowls a day, you know, you're taking large breaks in between. Or if you're one of those folks that only enjoys a pipe, you know, three or four times a week and it's a one hour or two hour event, you know, you're just not getting inundated with it. So when you talk about that, you, t you need to explain to them. This is like saying that, all right, if somebody drinks, uh, two glasses of wine on the weekend and maybe has a bourbon or something during the middle of the week or something like that. Do you consider them an alcoholic or they, or they have, do they have problems with alcohol? No. When it comes to smoking inside the house, you know, that's a discussion that you need to have. Maybe you need to build yourself a little, uh, a little room with good air filtration and good air circulation and have that discussion with the people that you live with. It's all about having a discussion. It's not about, just deciding well i'm a man and i'm going to do it no it's about having a discussion now if you live by yourself you're a man you have at it all right do whatever you want yeah there you go no need to ask for permission when you live by yourself um but yeah just keep the discussion going and remember you know most of us pipe smokers we actually live longer than non-smokers because we get to relax and enjoy our pipes all right, there you go. Uh, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Again, iTunes ratings and reviews, much, much, much appreciated. Uh, information about the Las Vegas International Pipe Show is available at vegaspipeshow.com. Uh, hotel rooms are booking up fast, and uh, we have a June offer that ends the end of this month, so check that out. 
Thank you very much to John David for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather happy Every child born in the South is born with like one side of their overalls undone, plugging on a banjo. (laughs) 